3: Hi, welcome to Black Ticulate. ticulate, ticulate, a podcast series featuring UK young black professionals, where we find out how they do what they do, so you can too. Or not, after all, it is your life. (laughs) Hey guys, once again, thanks very much for joining us. Now, today's episode is a little bit different than the usual, where we normally interview singular guests. But on this occasion we interviewed two people together. They are the founders of Shear and Shine, which is a grooming service. Well, grooming products for the Black Gent. It was a great, great conversation. I mean they're both both brilliant and very, very gracious um people. So guys, this episode is for you if you also looking to start your own company, your own business, particularly as well in the grooming industry, because we talked about some tips, particularly for the black gent, on how best to you know maintain their frizz or grow a luscious beard like one of the founders um, Aaron obviously not Lena well yeah obviously not Lena so yeah we talked about challenges we talked about just quite a lot of things and guys once again we'll be very grateful if you can just you know share like review rate comment anything you could do to help so without further ado I bring to you Lena and Aaron from Share and Shine so guys, we've got something a little bit different, a little bit special, if we could say that, right?: um, Good time. So the voices you're hearing is Lena and Aaron, and they are the fearsome duo of "Shear and Shine," which is in fact, you know what? So I normally just throw it to my guests for them to tell me however they want to start, like what they're about, who they are, but since you're both two very different identities, can you go separately? So we'll start yeah. with we'll start with Lena. Yes. Yes, hit me. Identify well, what do itself. you mean,
2: like um, ethnicity and stuff and origin? Or? Uh, okay,
3: let's go with that, sure. Is that
2: what you meant, though?
3: You know, I never, never want to ever put the parameters in that. Because okay. I always find it really interesting how someone identifies themselves. Okay. Some people just throw their business card and they go, yeah, I am this, this oh, is what right. I do. Okay. Some people's like, actually, no, Then it becomes more philosophical. I'm like, Gosh. okay, let's get into okay. that.
2: So up until recently, I wouldn't have known how to phrase it. So, I read an article that was about me. (laughs) I know that sounds a bit okay, um, but the way they described me was like, that's how I'm gonna like describe myself going forward. And that is um, what did they say? British born, Dutch raised, Tanzanian.
3: See (laughs) that melting pot, okay. And I hit us. uh. Uh, 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 You don't want to follow that, uh, do you? you
1: I was going to say a black man. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> nice. Um, I, I describe myself as black British, um, Jamaican heritage. Of course, I understand we're all from Africa. We're all African. We're all of African descent. Right. Um, but whenever someone says, you know, where are you from? What are you? I say, black British, parents are Jamaican.
3: Yeah.
1: I usually leave it there unless unless we really want to get into that. Get into the I nitty mean? gritty. Yeah, unless you really want to get into it. But well, I'm usually. <laughs>
3: Well, I do, though. I do. I really want to get into the nitty-gritties. So, let's actually explain why you're here, really, because you are the co-founders of Share and Shine, like I mentioned, which oh, is yeah. a male grooming. And is it female as well? No, just, just male. Just male for now, yeah. right? I mean, touch wood. When it grows, it grows. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't <laughs> knock it. You can't, bluffs, can't bluffs, knock those mem- bluffs, yeah, yeah, those momentums. And um, so, the reason you're here is because you are the founders or co-founders of Share and Shine. Yeah. And I'm really kind of really interested in just the grooming and the black beauty industry and specifically how you're trying to cut through that and create a stamp for yourselves. Yeah. So let's not get into that yet because we will definitely come into that, but I want to get into the background of each of you and just wonder how you found yourself here. Yeah. So let's start with you, Lena. You geez, there was a there was a there was a lot. There was a melting pot of what was it? Dutch, then also Tanzanian and British. So help us. Help us unearth this like how did you find yourself a the marketing director i don't think you mentioned your titles Mm. in fact should we do that lena
2: marketing marketing Mm
3: -hmm. and all its guises that is in itself really quite quite a big chunk it's
2: broad yeah yeah big time yeah
3: okay aaron go for it
1: i would say um i mainly head up operations and sales primarily but because we're still a startup we're still a relatively small company Although uh, we might have an official title, we do everything. Yeah, jobs our, really, our jobs yeah. overlap. Our jobs overlap. We we both have to wear multiple hats.
3: Yeah. But I guess when it comes down to if it's not working, the buck falls on you. Your head is on a chopping block for operations and sales. That's
1: the our, Yeah, we try to kind of have our own areas where we focus on. Yeah. and Where well, you're accountable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. So let's get into background. Upbringing, tell me, what was it like? Do you have, like... Brothers, sisters, what's your household like?
2: Um, I, I've, okay, so I have sisters. Okay. No brothers. Right. Uh, and even when I've had stepsisters, it's always been sisters. Right. No <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: That female energy. It's funny that all of a sudden you're in a male environment like, for work. Yeah,
2: but yeah, so it's, it's uh, my family's very female-dominated. Right.
3: Where were you we, like living? What school? What area?
2: I've moved around a lot. Okay. A lot. The bulk of it being uh, in the Netherlands in a place called U- Utrecht. You'd say it's in you know, Utrecht and a place called Leiden. Those are my two main places that I've lived in Holland, most recently Amsterdam. And then here in the UK, I've lived in uh, Bedford, Luton and London. See,
3: that's funny actually, my mum also lived in Luton, Bedford, went to Gloucester and she didn't decide to go to back to Bedford, <laughs> so I, I definitely empathise with you like moving around a lot. What was it like being a black person in the Netherlands?
2: Um, I wasn't consciously aware of it.
3: Right, how old were you at that time?
2: I moved here, the, f- the first time I moved here was when I was, it was 2001, so I was 12. That was the first time I moved to London, or to the UK.
3: Um, How comes? Do you mind me asking? How comes uh,
2: My mom went through a split with my stepdad at the time, and I guess she wanted to be in London with her sisters, so she came with two of her sisters. So she came here.
3: Right. Where were you living in London? Seems like almost like a search <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no. I'm really about this because you're just fascinating. <laughs> you know, I really find a red Yeah, <laughs> I <don't> know. Right? <laughs>
2: I've lived everywhere in
3: London. <laughs> okay, seen like um, council houses and whatnot,
2: or. Uh, I think they were. all council, so I've never really, um, can't, I don't think I've actually lived on, uh, do you know what, it may have been a council estate and I just never noticed. Right, gotcha. Oh, perhaps. Gotcha, okay.
3: Well, this is how we're going to swiftly transition to you, sir. Yeah. Talk to us. Where you um, always growing up, like, where, we, where um, do you live?
1: So I grew up in South London. Where south? Primary Lucianborough. Okay. So I went to school in Bromley. Which is quite a um, white area, so quite a primarily white school. But then most of my family was down in Peckham, so I'd spend most of my outside of school, I'd spend most of my time in Peckham. So I kind of grew up with two different two different walks of life if that yeah. makes
3: sense yeah you're straddling the postcodes as yeah, they say yeah, right yeah, yeah peckham is not the way it was way back when postmen were not even like stopped to deliver <laughs> letters honestly yeah. now people are going out buying milk in the pajamas yeah, no, it's I, I, a I, this
1: was when it was
3: peck nam peck nam
1: like, <laughs> <laughs> was peck nam like
3: <laughs> <laughs> Times are rough. yeah it, no. it did real, you real ever peckham. did you ever get into trouble
1: um, occasionally.
3: With the uh, police or?
1: Not with the, not with the police, more like just problems. Like my brother lived in Peckham, like in the heart of Peckham. So if he was in a situation, I was in a situation kind of thing. Right, got um, But because of, because I spent most of my time in a very white dominated school, I had to deal with a lot of the issues that come with that. So I had to face a lot of issues with racism and... Right. All that kind of nonsense. So, was that a,
3: a. Sorry, sorry to interject, Aaron, because yeah. I always find these stories, I mean, it's universal almost, isn't it? Mm. Like, regardless of where we are, we almost are acutely aware of our colour, or we are made to be aware of our colour yeah. by the other. Yeah. But was there any specific. Do you remember the first time that you were made to feel aware?
1: Um, I can't remember the first time per se. No, I can remember the first okay, time. I happened. remember the first, time. and he was, and he was actually a friend of mine. Oh what? <laughs> but, um, he was, um, he was, he was a friend. Of, he was one of those people that didn't take anything seriously, right. including colour. Okay. So um, this was this was actually in primary school, but at the time there was a TV advert um, for if you like a lot of chocolate, chocolate on I'll your Yeah, oh,
3: yeah do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, I remember. So that.
1: he would always, whenever he'd have that. His lunch, yeah, yeah. he would always come up to me and rub it on my hand oh, and be like, If you like, do you know what I mean? Right. And little things like that. I knew that he just wasn't a serious guy. I didn't really take it as racism, but that's kind of just an example of something that made me aware yeah. of my colour. I always remember growing up that feeling that if England was playing, you stay inside. And okay. if England lose a match, you stay your ass inside. Really? Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. what it was like for me growing up. You don't, you don't walk out on road if England have lost a football match because there'll be skinheads walking around and they will just do what they need to do. So I dealt with a lot of that growing up. So when I would go back to, to Peckham and I'd be with my brother and it's like black on black and it's over postcodes... I'm just like this is nonsense to mm. me do you know what I mean this makes absolutely no sense like obviously I'm defending my brother if case if case needs be but that whole lifestyle didn't make sense to me because of what I was facing daily like it just yeah. didn't it didn't make sense so from then I kind of did my best to kind of swerve that whole life
3: right yeah. that's really interesting and yeah Lena I mean there was an occasion that where you or do you remember the first time you were clearly aware of your race
2: I think it was when I came to school here in London. Right. I, I was, that uh, was year nine. I just remember one time in form class, my best friend, who's still my best friend till this day actually, she said something along the lines of, all the black girls stick together, or something like that. And that's, that moment was, what, was when I was like, oh, oh yeah, oh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and there is, a, there is a divisiveness a little bit, or, or clicky clicky behaviour a little bit, and that's the day after that that I started to be very aware. Prior to that, obviously, it, you know, I'm not colorblind, so I know that my skin is darker then, but it was never a conscious thing that came with other... Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I hear you. To
3: get, like, do you. Do you use your skin tone or race now in this environment and currently what you do... Mm as an advantage or do you see there's challenges with what it is you're trying to do because? Um,
1: I, I try to be quite pragmatic right? in my outlook on life and the reality is, is that it does have an effect to some degree. It does create certain, people will have certain perceptions of you or certain stereotypes or in their subconscious of what they expect you to be like just based on your skin colour and what they've seen of black people in the media. If someone's never met, interacted with a black person, or very few black people, they're judging it by what they've seen on TV, yeah, or sure. what they expect you to be. I remember, I've, got, I've got so many examples. Like a, I remember yes. um, going away to a retreat. Um, I grew up in church. My mum was a very strong Christian. Okay. I remember going away on a church um, retreat one time to like the, some beach... Down, on, on, the, on the coast, right. and it's all white people, and they've never seen black people before. And they was all like, Oh my god, like, can you dance? Like, do us a dance, do us a dance. Oh, rap, like, give us a rap, give us a rap. And it's like, I'm not, what do you mean, give us a rap? Oh, you look like Ja Rule. Oh, you look like Eddie Murphy. Oh, yeah, you look like Cisco. Happened. Yeah. That's oh, happened to me oh, yeah. when god. I went to Ireland, it's on Northern Ireland.
2: Yeah,
1: I, I think I look like every black celebrity yes. that's ever lived. Yeah. <laughs> do you yeah. know what I mean? I've had that, so that's just the reality. Mm. At the same time they're, they're, the reality is do we have these hurdles, but they're not they 're not set in stone they 're not concrete you don 't have to be a product of your environment you don 't have to be what people think you're going to be you can you still have the freedom to choose what you want to be in life like you yeah. still have the, the access to get where you need to go in life there's actually like one employer might not hire you because of x y z the other one might look past that. Do you know what I mean the other one might Come, have also come from a similar background and not give a damn about colour. Someone might be Jewish and they also understand similar struggles that black people have been through and not give a damn. So these things, they are reality, but they're not something that's set in stone your position in life yeah. forever.
3: I think, do you, do you echo that sentiment? Yes. Yeah, I think, on, honestly, to be aware of your race, yeah, 100%. We're not mm. blind, but for that to be an anchor... Yeah to prevent you from doing something, then actually, guess what, It's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy in that sense, that you aren't going to achieve because you think you're this, therefore, you know, I won't even bother. Yeah, Yeah, so no, that, I totally agree with you.
1: And that's one of the many reasons behind Sheer and Shine as well, is because I want to kind of um, empower or kind of show another side of the coin for young black men that are coming up. Because the same media that white people might be getting brainwashed to only see black people as one-dimensional. It's the same media that we're also consuming. Yeah. So we're also becoming a product of this same media. And we also, like, like the name of your show is Black Ticulate. A lot of black people think that by being articulate, you're being white. Mm. And why is that? Because we've been shown that black people speak like this when that's not the case. So by what we're doing with Sheer and Shine is showing that we can be articulate, we can be well-dressed we can be well-groomed that we are not one-dimensional people we can do all sorts you know what i mean yeah, we, no, we, come in, we come in all different shapes and sizes just like any other race yeah. so it's just
3: opening it's just creating option. i guess this is the things that you tackle like the communication aspect of how you showcase that sheer and shine yeah. is everything and then some yeah so how do you do it like
2: um well, one of the things that we do, for example, is put a, a huge emphasis on the partnerships as well that we form. Um, and for example, I'm trying to find a way to answer this question:
3: uh, who, who have you partnered up with?
2: So, for, so one of the people that we've partnered up with is a US-based influencer called Black Men with Beards.
3: Black Men with Beards.
2: Nice. Um, I think I,
3: I think I know the Instagram account. Yes, yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah, yeah. their
2: focus is primarily behind. Um, just like us, empowering black men, showing them in different lights, et cetera, et cetera. So through those partnership, we sort of strengthen our standpoint that that's exactly what we stand behind. Mm. And we work with people who stand behind the exact same ethos. And then it's also through our blog and the way that we communicate on Twitter. It's very professional. Uh, we don't dumb down our conversation because we're not speaking to a dumb audience. Yeah. And I don't understand why that assumption should be there. We're speaking to a highly intelligent audience that also understands how to read and consume information, just like any other person. So that's exactly how we communicate with them on our blog, on Twitter, on our emails, etc. I agree with you. Now,
3: question is, do you have a brick and
1: mortar store? We we don't have the store anymore. We started because I started Sheer and Shine as a barbershop.
3: Right. Oh, so you were a barber? Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Like it was your store or you had a seat? No, it's my story. Oh, Aaron, Aaron's about that. It's about oh, yeah. that life, you know. Yeah. Damn, I'm, I'm in front of royalty right now. Wow. <laughs> really. And his beard game is on point. I'm not going to lie, man. I've been itching my beard throughout this conversation, guys. And I'm just, so, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. You up, I is you. it? Is it? You yeah. hit it first. Guys, you hit it first. I'm, I'm, I'm counting on yeah, that. Send, send, me, send me your address. <laughs> bless, bless. Um, man, tell me about the start,
1: the but, fruition. Yeah, so, so, so we started as, as a barbershop in Croydon. And um That's kind of the origins. But now we've kind of moved on to just solely focusing on the brand and really just getting the brand out there and the the range of products is kind of what we're focusing on now.
3: And you obviously when you go on your website, you're able to buy these products. So it's e-commerce. Yeah. So a lot of it, is it because you're still in your infancy? How long have you guys been going on for? Oh, Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Know, yeah, so your first focus is brand awareness, trying to reach yes. as many people yes. as possible. You mm-hmm. can
2: buy our products in stores, though. Oh, okay, where? Um, so there's Zandi in Peckham and Lewisham. Awesome. Yes, Lewisham yeah. Shopping Centre in Peckham, right? Um cool then, there is, uh, the in mm. then there is the Grey Store in Lewisham. Um, then there is another store called more something we just literally closed that deal with them um, and they're opening up I think it's North London so that's going to be up on our website mm-hmm. there's a page on our website that says Stockers. Yeah.
3: we also once you know, again I'll link that up to the show yeah. notes they yeah. are in a few places yeah so talk to me about that how considering again you're a year old how do you mm-hmm. get yourself in these in these like brick and mortar stores these stock is um, place or well, those conversations it's like of, it's
1: a lot of just calling around um speaking to people emailing people right um and repeat, repeat, chasing it up. And, so, and a lot of people come to us as well oh. because they've heard about Sheer and Shine and um, they want to stock us. They want to provide something for the men that are coming into their shops. So a lot of people come to us as well. No, you got, you've,
3: us. Got, I mean, you've got a mic, you've got a space. Yeah. Tell us what's unique about Sheer and Shine and why um, people wanting to stock it.
1: Yeah, it's, what's unique about it. that like we're the first... Black owned company that's really focusing on black men in the UK. So, within the hair care market, there's hundreds and hundreds of options for women to condition, to relax, to straighten, to go natural. There's, there's, women have an abundance of choice. Right. The men, whenever you go to the men's section, it's literally just DAX. DAX, <laughs> right, gotcha. <laughs> that's literally that's all that you really see for men. There's not really anything that's catered for men. Or you might find that some brands might have a little offshoot thing that they kind of do for them. But there's no companies out there that are saying, listen, we want to tackle the issues that black men face. So for a lot of black men like myself, for example, before we started this, my only option was to, you know, if I'm in Boots or Tesco's or whatever, would be to pick up a European uh, product. So I'd be looking at the products and I'm thinking, is this even going to work on my hair type? it's not the same hair type that I'm seeing on this box, yeah, or my skin sure. type. You know
3: what I mean? So, I mean that actually kinda... sort of brings me into the questions: like, what is the differentiation? I mean, obviously the obvious of like mm. we've got tighter curls and sometimes yeah. we're more prone to keloids and whatnot because mm. follicles bury back into the skin. Yeah. Trust me, it's a hard life, guys. It's a hard yeah. life. But like, even from a male to female perspective, is there such a stark difference? It's, it's very.
1: It's small. It's, okay. It's, it's not. It's not like massive massive differences but there are differences like the you just kind of said what the differences are really but um men's hair is often more dense it often requires more maintenance and also our beards are on our face so it requires a different kind of um, procedure and care when you're when you're taking care of male
3: can i get some secrets secret tips give to my audience like when you say these kids what should they be doing or looking at and obviously buy share and shine without a shadow of a doubt we'll start with that but
2: what do you mean, like um, in terms of... Like the specific...
3: like the rituals, like, yeah, what is a, what would be a good ritual, say, for instance, for me to get a great beard like Aaron, Because I know for sure my hair just breaks. It ain't even one of them ones. It's a, I can't grow my hair. I literally can't grow my hair. My skin's sensitive. Yeah. Look at me, it's not all about me. I know it's about you guys yeah. listening, but jeez, I mean, <laughs> I've got an option here to actually talk to the professionals. So it's,
1: it's largely about grooming it, like brushing it, making sure that you get into a routine of brushing the hair, training the hair how to grow, which direction you want it to grow. Okay. Do you brush it down? Do you comb it out? Um, making sure that the beard is moisturised as well. Like you have to hydrate your beard like you would hydrate your body. So right. you need to be getting moisture into the beard, otherwise it becomes brittle and that's what kind of prevents it from growing as well. So you really have to like, be aware of the condition that your beard's in. So if you see that it's looking a bit dry today, you need to condition it because the conditioning helps Conditioning does exactly what conditioner says. It conditions the the condition of your hair. Right, <laughs> right. It locks in moisture. It, it, locks, in, it locks in locks oh, okay. in moisture. It's like it makes your hair fitter. Right. It makes gotcha. it healthier. So it makes okay. it makes the, um, the follicles not the follicles the, the the strands of the hair the outer layers more right. coated, more glossy.
3: I w- I'm with it. And combing it regularly isn't bad for it. It's you no, just brushing, teaching brushing it, it, brushing it, brushing it, 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 brushing it, it, it brushing and whatnot. It's so having like a Beard
1: brush. Yeah, a, a nice brush and beard oil that gets oil. That, that kind of... When your beard gets to a certain length, your skin creates natural oils in the skin. But when your beard is quite long, those oils are not reaching the full strand of your hair. Okay. So the beard oil just helps to supplement that and keep the whole beard moisturized. Guys, you heard it here first. Sure. We're giving <laughs> you
3: some trade secrets out here. Lena. I want to actually focus on you a little bit because obviously you are a lady. And a very beautiful one at that. I hope you don't mind me saying. <laughs> Thank you. Right? how How is it for you? Do you enjoy what it is you're doing? And how do you sort of, guess, communicate about the male space being a lady? Has anyone ever think like, well, you can't speak on our behalf because you are a woman? Have you ever had that? Mm does that make sense my question yes
2: but okay. I, okay, what it, okay so nobody's outright said it but they say it through their body language okay. and their responses to me so for example when we're at an event and we're communicating the product you can see that people gravitate through their body language and even their listening yeah. gravitates towards Aaron as if to say yeah okay great but what do you have to say about the whole situation right. which is fine I you know just the same way if I was in a situation where yeah, I'm right, buying right, products right. for women and there's a stand and there's a man and a woman my instinct would be to direct myself towards the woman and ask her for advice and tips so I don't necessarily take offense to that okay um but other than that don't I don't I don't I can't say that I experienced that necessarily no
1: you have you have definitely have yeah you've got because, a story okay yeah, got because on. when we had when we were still running the shop in those earlier days whenever someone would call up to the shop and they would speak to Lena they would not everyone, but a lot of people would just completely dismiss Lena and yeah. say, you know, well, I need to speak to the boss. I need to speak to Aaron, kind of thing. Mm. Not knowing that Lena's founder in the company as well, yeah. so she's she's has all of the same um, decision-making powers that I do. Yeah. However, what you've done now is you've pissed off Lena, yeah. <laughs> which
0: is not a good. Oh, one. I, I, completely so, yeah. oh, I
1: completely forgot about that. Oh,
2: I've completely forgot about those times <laughs> that used to annoy me. Yeah, but I, I think. Uh, maybe because I didn't interpret it as I'm a woman in a male space, as much as I interpret it as I'm the first person to answer the phone. I have a female voice. So the assumption is that I'm the receptionist or the PA. And my thought process is, even if I am the PA or the assistant, um, the company you're calling values those people just as much as they value the people at the top. So even if I was a PA and I didn't have a say, so if my PA came to me and said, this person was rude on the phone and that's the person I'm not going to deal with anymore. So, I don't know if it was necessarily because I was a female in a male space, or maybe I'm talking it down. But it did happen a lot. No, fair
3: enough. Yeah,
2: it did happen a lot. So
3: can I can I ask you then about your route in? Obviously, I know you got you co-founded it, but like, um, but why are you specifically for marketing and communications and being the marketing director? May I ask?
2: Do you want to answer that?
3: I'm interested. In Go that. for it. Huh?
1: You know, before before the shear um, and shine stuff, I was a musician, so I had to kind of be very active in marketing myself and getting myself out there. Right. However, Lena's studied marketing, so she understands marketing on a deeper level than what I do. Okay. And so it just makes sense. You put your strongest players in the strongest position, right, and absolutely. she's the strongest player when it comes to marketing. And she's she can get. A, she's a very fast worker. I'm right. I'm a very slow worker. So she can get a lot done in a short space of time in terms of marketing.
0: Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello
3: My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Get a lot of content and do that and run with it so it just it makes sense for her to head that up
3: right okay yeah. and then can i talk can you can we speak about your process if that's okay let's uh take a case and example where you've just locked a deal for was it mort no where's the new store that you're going to be stopped more, at
1: more, more something more is it more hair and beauty or more beauty and then there's another one called untamed right. beauty and names
3: yeah don't worry about that. Can we'll, you, edit edit we'll edit now. We're editing it. More edit.
1: beauty. Yeah, more beauty.
3: <laughs> how from a from a marketing perspective and then obviously from operational, how did you manage that entire process from can I dare I ask from start to finish? Did they call you or did you approach them? Um, so this think,
2: was a deal that Aaron worked on.
3: Okay. Uh, how long so does deals work? Go go on for the turnaround? It, it can vary.
1: I mean sometimes, like you send them information on what we do, who we are, what we're about, and um, are you interested in stocking any products for men? Um, if so, how much? This is how we work. We have a minimum order of X, XYZ. Or you could uh, take out a package. We, have, we put together little packages.
0: Okay.
1: I don't want to give away too much of our, of right. of our um, inner workings, but we have different, thing, different ways of working with different retailers depending on their size. Of course. And um, once they kind of come to something that works for them and they place an order with us, I process the order, get the products out to them. Everything's nice, good to go. Then I pass them to Lena and Lena handles the kind of um, social media and announcing it and yeah. getting, get, building awareness to the shop so that people can know that we are now stocked in this shop and they can go to the shop and buy. And then, you know, people go there, they buy, shop sells out, come back to us, and r- then rinse and repeat.
3: Rinse and repeat, I like yeah. it. And are there anything specific that you've noticed are sort of the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the, the icing on the cake that people really want to hear from, like that you guys do. Is it? Is it any sort of press that you have? Does press really work to your advantage? Yeah. It worked it in the
2: beginning, but um, no, there's no but Okay, <laughs> the way you said that. <laughs> no, 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 no. The thing with press is that you need to approach it just as strategically because their interest is to tell a story that would captivate their audience um so the, the initial press release that we sent out went viral which is fantastic amazing and now we're looking into ways that we can um create interesting content for journalists to make to trigger them to want to tell the story in a different way and we, we're still including sheer and shine at the at the center of the story if that makes so sense. The
3: end. so it's like editorials uh
2: yes it's- and no i mean for us it's um our aim is to be industry leaders thought leaders in in our space which is male grooming so it goes beyond just advertorials and it goes into um informing the audience of interesting things that are happening in the male grooming industry or things that we have discovered in the male grooming space particularly when it pertains to black men and stuff like that so it goes beyond just advertorials of like constantly telling people that we exist and what we do do you know what i mean no i'm
3: with you it's not can't be an easy task right so did you, I hear that you're educated, obviously, specifically with communication, hence that's what you do. But insofar as operationals and sales, did you, ha- or do you have to go to uni to um, know this? I didn't learn
1: it at uni, no. I kind of um, self-taught a lot of How? the stuff that I know. I, mean, I studied
3: business studies at A-level. Okay, um,
2: And but- he lives on YouTube.
3: And you live on YouTube, right? Because that's something that you both mm. mentioned. Okay, so guys, you always know, prior, I do, <clears throat> even though it might not sound like it, I do kind of mini-prep, and I ask all my guests the questions that I would potentially be talking about, and I ask them specifically, like, whether or not you need an education. So you guys are always familiar, I do ask whether you need an education into the root of my guest, and they're like, you know what, internet, internet, YouTube, you're blessed. Mm. And why is that?
2: I, mean, I think that a
1: lot of people take...
3: Um, they take it for granted
1: the age that we're living in right now. Right. And I think I was I was in school like when the internet really started blowing, do you know what I mean? So I can still vaguely remember a time before the internet where you had to find information going through encyclopedias or library for hours and hours and hours. Whereas now you can literally whip your phone out, get Google up, blah blah, blah, how do I blah blah blah, do you know what I mean? And find and find information really fast. I mean, if you really want to get into it, you still have to go to the library to get some of the information that's really, really deep. But you can learn just...
2: I think also what's, what we... what. Yeah, I think your question needs to be broken down, if that makes sense. Please. Do I need an education in order to understand and... Uh, and do marketing? No. But do I need an education in order to work in a company under the, the marketing department? Yes, because employers haven't necessarily caught up to new ways of learning. They mm. still require you to have a certificate to prove that you are well-versed in the, in, in the area that you're going to work in. Yes. In my opinion, personal opinion, this has always been my opinion, unless you're trying to be a neuroscientist uh, or a neurosurgeon, sorry, or a rocket scientist, I don't necessarily believe that going to university is Important, essential. Yeah. But to get employed, it is right because a lot of the job descriptions. One of the first criteria is a university degree. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't have a university degree, they will not even look at your CV. And it's for that reason, and that reason alone, that it's essential to have a marketing degree. For example, if you want to go into marketing, yeah. right? Gotcha. Because that's that's how
1: you prove that you know what you're doing. Otherwise, anyone can say, Hey, yeah. yeah, I spent a couple hours on YouTube." You know what I mean? Maybe. So it is, It is important. I mean, for me, I think that. University is good to master your craft, and I think it's always good to aim to master your craft. Um, I studied music at university, right. and by studying music at university, I understand music in a way that the average person doesn't. I understand music in a way that I didn't even think about thinking about music until I studied it really in depth at university, and you understand, wow, music can be useful healing bones you know what I mean like it's crazy when you when you really get into it so I do always recommend um, learning a craft however that being said all of the things that I learned at university I could have learned myself outside of it if I had dedicated myself to learning it so it's it's about mastering your craft in whatever way works for you this is if you're going into entrepreneurialism and business if you want to run your own business it's just about mastery of your craft yourself. However you reach that stage of mastery is dependent on you. Like, I consume video. I, watch, I can watch endless videos and learn. Lena's more of a blog and article person. She reads loads and loads of blogs. That's how, her, that's how she learns. But it's just about learning. Yeah. Some people need to go to uni because they need a director to lead the class and say, study this by this time, do this by this time. So it's, it's, it's down to the individual. I think also,
2: um, do you know what um, I just realised as well, whilst I say that employers haven't caught up to, to different ways of learning, I realised I used to work in recruitment and the company I worked for, one of the requirements for anybody that comes in as a university degree. And I remember I asked my director, why do people need to have a university degree when sales is something that you learn on the job? You can't learn that in class. And he said, it's because beyond the certificate you get from university, and he's not the only person to have said that. I've also spoken to clients and I've said to them, why are you requiring a university degree? It's because of the type of learning that you do in university, the type of critical thinking it asks of you, the type of analysis it asks of you, of your material, the type of respect for um, deadlines it requires of you uh, and the discipline it takes because in school you get deadlines and you're sort of um, fed little pieces along the way. In university you get a deadline and you have to manage your time. So it's those skills that they know that if you're in university you will have possessed, especially if you've managed to go to university and finish it. And it's those skills that they're looking for rather than the end certificate. So that's another thing to note. For mm-hmm. them, university is not necessarily just about the certificate you get because more times than not, it doesn't matter what university degree you have. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It is more about the process of learning, the analytical skills, the ability to dissect information. Those are the skills that come with going to university. Right. Mm-hmm. I think we shouldn't necessarily overlook that either. No.
3: Mm-hmm. But imagine I'm a listener and I'm like, yes, lean an and Aaron of- do the phenomenal, the fantastic, they're about that life, they're killing it, kudos, congrats. How can I almost emulate what it is they do if I wanted to start and be in that space now? I'm not saying give them any secret sauce or anything, but Mm. what would you say were the pillars, the essential things to sort of know and have in place? Mm. In a sense, almost speaking to yourself a year earlier, what you wish you... Um,
2: I think I always bring it back down to networking, and that goes beyond whether you're trying to be in business or trying to be in this space, trying to be in employment, trying to be in anything, I think your network is essential, not just because of the access they provide, but it can also be because of the benchmark they provide, the motivation they can you know instill in with you without you even realising. Um, the whole concept of birds of a feather and stuff. So I right. think networking is, is key.
3: Mm. Okay, so mm. to start... A business such as Share and Shine or maybe any business is you've got to be, for you, it's crucial that you have a good network that will help elevate or help you on your way. I, I,
1: think, I think network helps grow in your business. Right. I think having a, a good, strong network is key to growing your business. I think to start in your business, is, um, it's about mindset. The mindset is, is, is the first thing. Um, you've got to have a very solution-focused mindset in that, you understand that you're going to have loads of problems, you're going to hit loads of walls, you're going to hit loads of barriers, you're going to have loads of times where you think, ah, oh, F this, I'm going to give up or whatever. Or Just that you understand it's not an easy process. So the mindset needs to be correct before you even start anything. And then it's just about um, self-discipline and really dedicating yourself to what you're trying to do. So if you don't, you've got to be really you've got to understand that you're not in school no more mm. and that if there's something that you don't know you have to find that answer because no one's going to save you so when I opened my shop I didn't know how to cut hair I oh, had really? to learn yeah I had to learn what how to did cut you know hair. that
0: yeah uh-huh. what
2: so
1: yeah. I didn't know how to cry. who was your first customer
3: no.
0: put the <laughs> chance at me do you know no, what I mean no do no, you know? you don't understand
3: how sacred a good barber is no. man. I'll travel I know you know I mean I know you know I know so, you know no, I
1: hired Ooh. barbers I <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: hired barbers okay because I was just picturing the right scene Aaron that one chair just walking with the clippers and that one guy okay. comes through and he goes yeah I've done this before still why's your hand shaking
1: there fam don't worry about me no no so I, I hired barbers, right. but I was at a stage where I needed to be. I, Wait, I, I
2: love the way he went. Did you know this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you didn't stop. Oh, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you said nothing. You, you let the straight go. I lied.
1: <laughs> but yeah, you've got you've got you've got, to, you've got to think big. Do you know what I mean? And you've got to think solution focused. And mm. you have to. So I I went into, I didn't know how to cut hair, but I knew that I wanted to have a barber shop that raised the bar of barbering and could. I wasn't happy with the current level of barbering. I wanted to raise the levels. So I hired barbers, but then I was finding that I, it was hard, difficult to find the people that shared my vision for what I was doing. Right. So it was a case of the only way I'm going to really do this is if I learn myself. Right. So I had to learn barbering. Like I, had to learn, I, had, I had to become the student to my own Employees, yeah, and then I had to um, go away. I, I went and I, my cousin's barber, I went to his shop and sat down with him for a few months and really studied the craft and learned it. I went on YouTube, I watched tutorials day and night. You still I, do, I, I still do. Just it's like barber porn to me now. Nice. I just literally just watch haircuts just for fun. See. And then, um, is there any first, for a couple of names out who should we um, look at? Um, 360 GZ okay. is, is one of my favorites. Um,
2: I'm annoyed that I'm like, I can I get it. I'm annoyed that I got onto the stage that I get it. Like he can send me a video, and I'm.
3: And, and you'll say that you love like, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like that, that's some skills. See that oh, thing. Nice
2: you see, you see stage. that it's clippers. Like so see yeah. that clippers, yeah.
3: Brilliant, and that's how you know you guys are going to kill it because yeah. you love your craft. You're in it even immersed it to the point yeah. where. You know the difference in a good barber and a bad barber. And I think you touched on something quite interesting Aaron. And I think maybe, um, you know, you might also know this. But when it comes down to the quality of barber shops, mm. we, what, what is up with that? I mean, like, how do we raise, how do we raise the See, bar?
1: and this is difficult because I've been having this debate on Facebook a few times. Okay. Because I, someone on my Facebook was complaining that their barber was charging, um, I think it was £15. Pounds. right. And I was explaining that when I was a kid, a haircut cost a tenner. I'm a full-grown man, and haircut still cost a tenner. Mm. Have we not thought about inflation and how that's affecting...
2: Rent has gone up, Rent yeah. has living, gone standards living standards have gone up, up. Oh, yeah. gone, cost of you're... tools have gone up, cost of staff exactly. have gone up, but yeah. haircuts but the haircut are still, 10 is still a tenner.
1: That's so true, the man. barbers, no the barbers matter. are struggling... To make ends meet. Yeah. So if you're struggling to ends, make ends meet, you can't complain that the shop becomes derelict or it becomes run down. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because we're not making enough. If you go mm. to a European salon like Tony and Guy, you're paying £35 yeah. for, your, for for a snip-snip. Yeah. Yeah. They can If you're making those kind of margins, you can afford to keep the shop looking a certain way. Yeah. That being said, the barbers themselves also have to raise the bar. They also have to be prepared to provide... Uh, quality service, so that when someone's handing over fifteen pounds, they're happy to hand over. And also, I think pounds. adding
2: to that, consumers don't realise how much power we have. With every penny we spend, we're voting, essentially. Oh, so, if you go to a barber shop and the service is shit, but you keep going back there, you're not telling the barber through your action that this needs to change. Mm. You only do that by saying, you know what? I'm not going to stand for this. I'm out. I'm going to find another barber that raises up to my standards. And I'm going to vote by paying to their service. Now you're telling your ex-barber that I need to change the way I behave. Otherwise, I'm going to lose customers. Barbers will not change the way they behave if their customers keep coming back. Why would you? That
3: that's true, but I ain't gonna lie. Like I was saying, we're loyal to our barbers. I mean, my barber, to he can, fault. He, yeah, tough old. I mean, he can he can do me a nice you know shave pub once in a while. And what's what, gonna uh, happen is that
1: as as cost of living goes up, continues to rise, as rents continue to rise, your favorite barber is gonna eventually close down. Mm. Unless he's making 100%. unless he's making enough money, your favorite barber is going to close 100%. down because he's not going to be able to keep the lights on. Yeah. So
3: when he when he decides like halfway through the trim to go get a munch. I need is, to tell him. And he uh, said yeah, that, that's not yeah, cool. Yeah, when he decides that uh, he's yes. not going to open a shop at 10am when they yes.
1: claim they're men to be open uh, yes, at 10am. Yeah. they 100%. They yeah. so it's, it's a two-way street. The barbers need to up the levels, mm. seriously need to up the levels, and the customers need to be prepared to pay a little bit more for It's also a
2: penalty. Like, that's just how, if you look at any other walks of life, you misbehave, you get... Um, held accountable for that, and that's how you change your behavior, right? Yeah. So you tell the bar- barber once you do. You, I, I don't accept you walking out of my haircut halfway through. I'm a customer. I'm a paying customer. He does it again. You don't go back there. You don't no. keep going back there.
3: No, no, no. I mean, when you say it like that, yeah. it sounds. Why
2: the hell would you? It it? I don't even no, understand I mean, why you yeah. keep going back
3: there. No it's the trim, no trim. That's convenience. The trim. <laughs> and the and convenience. And it's it's, it's
1: literally my locals. It's also because yeah. so many barbers are the same. So it's like you go you. You leave that barber, the other barber shop does exactly the same thing. However, his shape-up's not even as clean. So Mm. it's like, it's a difficult situation for the barbers and for the customers. But unless things change pretty soon.
3: Which is, I think, why you guys are going to be smashing it. And honestly, I can't. I'm just looking forward to your rise because it's just going to be exponential. It's just going to be huge. That's that's the hope. Um, No, 100%. Okay guys, so I want to give you the free reign. I know you kind of we again this is a conversation. You know how it goes just mm-hmm. rolls, but I've heard from your side, and if I'm going to do a summary and tell me if I'm wrong, you were saying when it comes down to starting up your own company, not necessarily share and shine, networking is imperative. You've got to know you have the right people. But then you're also talking about the mind frame and self-discipline and being able to problem solve. Yeah, self-development so. is key. Can you, and this is going to be, I guess, my final question on this, and I'm going to give you guys almost your Jerry Springer moment, but um, final thoughts. But can you be delusioned? Can you feel like what you have as a product or service, can you go too far down that rabbit hole, if you know what I mean, and all of a sudden you're financially broke, everything is not working out for you, when should you stop that? I think it's, it's very, it's very
1: important to understand whether what you're doing, whether there's actually a market for what you're doing, or if the, is this just a passion
3: that you have? How do you differentiate that? Um, research. Research
2: research is the only way you can find out unless it's a product that has never existed in the market but then even then there is research that you can do to establish whether there will be a need for this product or not it's all about research the more you read the more you understand the more you can come to the conclusion that there is a need for this thing to exist and if you come to the conclusion that there is a need for this thing to exist that's when you need to start developing passion for it i think before that the passion could blind you the harsh truth that the market doesn't need it yeah sorry it doesn't
1: mm. so for example it's like how big is the
2: hair care market
1: as a whole okay how big is the afro hair care section inside that market okay how big is the men inside that Inside that smaller section, okay, how many black men live in the UK? How many black men live in America? How many black men live there? Okay, you have access to the black men in the UK, so that's where you're going to start. So you—that's This is how you do your marketing. But markets. it's, it's mm-hmm. not
2: just about how many people are in the world. Not every. It's also about whether these people even have a habit of buying the product yeah. that you're about to put out on the right. market but it's
1: all about narrowing it down yeah. like laser focus like narrowing it down zooming down zooming down okay so you've got there's this many black people in the uk okay my product is for black people between 25 to 50 okay cool how many of those people are likely to be interested in my product do you know what i mean this is how you do your market research and then you understand is there actually a market for my product for me to, to sustain a business if I was to reach all of those people, because you're not going to reach all of them, no. you're only going to reach, like, 2% of them, if you're lucky, is that 2% going to be enough to make a sustainable business? Right. And, then you,
3: and now you now understand whether your business is viable or not. Okay,
2: gotcha.
3: And then promotion-wise, any tools, any, um, any advice?
2: Um, I think, well, marketing goes beyond just promotion. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> but um, I think just look at uh, how the most important thing... When it comes to market, it's to see things from the consumer perspective, in my opinion. So, how do they? How are they triggered? And then you need to figure out what resources do you have to push those buttons. And um, some of it you'll be, you will have immediate access to. Some of it you won't. You just need to figure out how your consumers think and how they're triggered and how they, cons- how they um, learn about new brands and stuff like that. And then you need to find the best way to reach them.
3: It's funny because just to go on having the end user in mind or like your consumers, right? is, I heard someone, someone a lot smarter than I say, make sure you talk to the polar extremes of each because then the means sort out itself. So mm. if you can actually please your harshest critic, then you're smiling. Mm.
0: Yeah,
3: you know. Yeah. And I thought that was quite fun. Yeah, okay, sense. guys. I mean, is there anything from, if you look at it from the context of the mm. listeners, <laughs> anything that we haven't spoken about that you feel is quite important to know from how to get started, like a business like yours?
1: I would just say that it's important to, like I said, going back to the mindset, it's important to understand that just because you don't know something now doesn't mean that you can't become, like, every expert was once a beginner at something. So, and someone said a really good quote to me, which is, um, starting a business is like walking into a dark room and trying to find a light switch. So at first you're fumbling around. You don't know what you're doing. You can't see anything. But eventually you find the light switch and things start to make sense. Things start to come together. So it's just just start. You know what I mean? Just start the process of learning what it is that you're trying to do and understanding things.
2: No, there's nothing to add. Brilliant,
3: brilliant. Well, I normally finish with light fire questions, but um, let me ask this separately, and you're going to have your response. So quick fire. The answers don't have to be really quick, but would you rather your child mm-hmm. be smart, right, or good looking? Smart, Eat. smart, smart. Yeah. So that's too quick. Okay. You've got in this current environment and climate, you've got your last five pounds. What would you spend it on? Being a go
0: In this climate,
2: yeah. climate um, my last five pounds would be spent on a domain name, a blog, affiliate marketing, ah, money.
0: That's
1: a good one. <laughs> okay. That's a good one. Ah, oh, jeez. My
2: last five pounds, a
0: haircut, (laughs) 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 fifty
2: percent off.
1: (laughs) I think it's a shape up and then meet a client. Yeah,
3: brilliant. Um, And last but not least, guys, how would you like to be remembered? And I want you guys individually to answer
1: that. I'd like to be remembered as someone who made a difference, who um, opened doors for. For the next generation, yeah.
2: For me, I'm very specific, I already said it to you in the email, I want to make a difference in Tanzania, particularly, uh, because, you know, the saying, charity starts at home. And as much as I'd like to make a difference to Africa as a continent, there's somewhere where I need to start. So I think I'd really like to make a difference to Tanzanians, particularly the youth there.
3: And how can we love you, share your work, you know, find you on the internet, wherever? Just At shear and
2: Shine on everything. At and Shine yeah. on Twitter, Instagram.
3: Facebook. And it's and as in A-N-D, as yep. opposed to the and to send.
1: Yeah, well, shit is... Look, sheer and shine is sheer and shine, but for social network purposes, it's,
3: it's okay, A gotcha. and D. Okay, got you everywhere. Shine. Like you're on Twitter, yeah. you're on Facebook, yes. you're on Instagram, yes. LinkedIn,
2: LinkedIn, uh, Lina Gardi,
3: yeah, Google, Plus, Snapchat, I mean, not Google. Plus.
2: I mean, his LinkedIn is not Lena Gardi, but no, no just I, I mean, it's
3: you Ryan individually, Aaron Wallace, <laughs> and <laughs> Wallace.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: And what can we do apart from obviously follow share? Is there anything specifically you'd like from us? Is there yeah, anything you need? You can you can purchase products from us.
1: That Subscribe would, that'd to our be newsletter. Is
0: fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you
1: know, but to purchase products for you, and if you're a female listening for the for the men in your life, you're, for your dad, your brothers, your lovers, whatever. Yeah. And um, also, if we're if you if we're not stopped in your local hair shops or your local barber shops, then request us. Tell tell them to reach out and get us in there. Yeah.
2: 100. Or send us their contact details and we'll yeah. reach out
1: to them either that way. Yeah. But it's it's even more powerful when if you yes. when you yes tell them that you
3: want us to yes.
1: stop yes. to there. Yes.
3: Oh brilliant. Well guys it's been an absolute pleasure having thanks. you. Thanks and, for having uh, us. Guys, thanks for listening once again to another episode of Black Ticulate. Stay tuned for another episode. Peace. Hey guys. How did you find the episode? I hope it was useful. Um, We're always trying to make this as useful as possible to you. So if you do what it is our guest did and there were things that we didn't cover or the things that we didn't talk about, then please get in touch. And secondly, if you are able to teach us what it is you do as a profession, then also get in touch because we would love to feature you on Black Ticulate. And you can do that via our social media accounts or even our email which is contact at blackticulate.com we appreciate your support as always and we'll see you on the next episode of Black Ticulate. have a great day bye
0: ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well